We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer here at SportingNews.com. And, Bill, we are uh, heading into Week 10. We're going to talk about our our viewing windows, as we usually do, uh, update the folks on the confidence contest, which is getting tighter and tighter and tighter (laughs) as we get into the month of November. I'll hit you with a trivia question. And then uh, we'll make our confidence picks where we, we pick four games against the spread. And then uh, at the end of the show, we'll see if you got the trivia question right. We're coming off the, uh, uh, the uh, college football playoff rankings committee releasing their top 25. We had a podcast on that yesterday. Bill, give me, give me a couple takeaways before we get into the viewing windows of what you thought of, uh, of the committee, the top four, the initial bracket, and, and having Tennessee number one. Yeah, well, one thing I always remind people, and so a good friend of mine is on the committee, uh, Jim Grobe, the former Ohio and Wake Forest coach, and I've talked to him about this a little bit. College football coaches and athletic directors and administrators watch football differently than, say, you or me. They, they, I think they rely less on metrics and more on, you know, Jim can see things on a football field that I can't see. And I think, you know, when you see that, then it starts to make a little bit more sense of why Tennessee's number one. Because they've got a scheme that nobody can stop. They've piled up the, the ranked victories. I think that Alabama victory has resonated. It makes for really fun theater on Saturday against Georgia. Um, SEC bias is real. I know you're an SEC guy, but <laughs> it's you're. I'm going to hear that over and over and over again up here in Big Ten country, especially when you have five SEC teams, the highest ranked undefeated team, the highest ranked one less team, the highest ranked two loss team. That has happened like every single time in the first set of rankings with the SEC. But I would make the contention it's the best conference in college football for a reason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is. I mean, you see the recruiting rankings every year. You see the NFL draft results every year. And you've seen several national championships. So I do think they've earned the benefit of the doubt in a lot of cases. So Saturday, week 10, we're looking at our viewing windows. We will go through uh, each set of windows, the big games, talk about them a little bit. It will start off this week. We do have a Friday night game, actually, that uh, caught my attention. It should be pretty good. Or Number 24, Oregon State. At Washington, it's a 10:30 start on ESPN2. Washington is a four and a half point favorite. Uh, these two are tied for fifth in the Pac-12 at three and two in the league behind the Big Four. There, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Utah. But still, fun game. Fifth place is is no uh, no shame this year uh, in the Pac-12 for sure. Uh, looks like it's going to be very wet and very windy in Seattle. If you like bad weather games, this will be fun. Uh, it's another chance to see Washington quarterback Michael Penix, who leads the nation in passing yards, 367 yards per game. You could have got some money if you predicted that he was still going to be leading the league, uh, the, leading the nation, rather, uh, as November gets underway. Uh, we'll see if he can uh, get 367 yards in this bad weather. That'll be interesting. And against an Oregon State defense that's actually second in the Pac-12 in yards allowed. How do you see this one shaken out on Friday night? I picked uh, Washington to win, but with that weather and, and the contrast in styles, I think it's going to be close. Typical Pac-12 pack game, that four-and-a-half-point hook. Um, Washington's got a 500-yard offense, which is incredible. And uh, Incredible. Oregon State's like – we project out our top 25 each week at Sporting News on Saturdays, and I totally whiffed on them. I, I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, they're they're pretty good. And, and that sneaks up on you a little bit. So that's a late night Friday night game. I like it when they do have those on. Um, Washington's been in that window a couple times. It ought to be a fun game. But uh, I, I I apologize to Oregon State. I did not give enough respect to, to that program. And I, I do think they're going to make it very interesting with that defense, especially if the weather's a factor. They will. I mean, this is a, like I said, this is a really good game. Uh, that would have been like it felt like second or third place in the Pac 12 in most years, you know. But uh, this year they've got four strong programs all ranked in the top 15 or so this year. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a fun one to keep an eye on on Friday night, Saturday noon window. Biggest game for you, Bill, is <laughs> you put literally nothing on literally here. nothing. Mean, <laughs> yeah, the game out of the ranked games, I mean, it. it I'm inclined to say like Tulane and Tulsa because I probably haven't watched Tulane close enough other than their Friday night game against Houston. Um, I was watching that a little bit. I might peek in on that. I think Ohio State's going to beat Northwestern handily. Um, North Carolina kind of quietly. Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports tweeted something this week, and he said like 
you know, Mac Brown's going to be dancing in the locker room as one loss North Carolina makes the playoff. And I was like thinking about it and I'm like, not out of the realm of possibility. Now they are ranked a little bit low in the first set, but you know, that Drake May story that we did back in September, the Bender Jinx didn't hit on him. He's, he's having a heck of a season and a heck uh, of a season no working his way it. into the outskirts of the Heisman conversation. Easily the top freshman in the country. No question. Phenomenal. And um, so that's probably, it'll be the noon window. App, just admit it. It's an apple picking window. It's an apple picking yeah, window. Yeah, well, you, yeah. you need to take the kids apple picking this week. I'm going to be at that lacrosse tournament. So uh-huh. I'm going to be missing that. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, well, so then make I'll sure be all the games around. are in that noon window, and then you can go back and, and, and do whatever def- you need to do. Exactly. So, uh, no, it'll be fun to, to flip around um, or, or, you know, just keep your eye on multiple TVs. But but there's not one that, that jumps out off the page for sure. Saturday afternoon window, one certainly jumps out at us. It's number one, Tennessee, at number three, Georgia. We're using the College Football Playoff Committee rankings here. 3.30, CBS, crank up the music. Georgia is a nine-point favorite in this one. Matchup of the year, one of the most important, that's for sure. The top two offenses in the nation in terms of total yards will be going at it. Tennessee's number one. Georgia is number two. On the other side of the ball, though, Georgia, the number four ranked defense, Tennessee, way down at 83. That's the reason the Bulldogs are over a touchdown favorite at home. It was the Tennessee defense, however, that was extremely impressive last Saturday night. It gave up only 203 yards and six points to Kentucky and intercepted Will Levis three times. Can Tennessee's defense slow down Georgia enough to give its offense a chance to win it? The secondary made some plays, made some hits. Slaughter had a huge hit on a Kentucky receiver that, that led to an interception in that game. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you start to forget, hey, they, they got some athletes on that side too. Um, emotions are going to be high. I, I, I Here's one thing I shouldn't say on our podcast, but I'm going to. So I do our <laughs> weekly picks against the spread at Sporting News, and I added this up, and I sent it to you earlier this week. And it was, okay, I, I looked at like the top seven teams because I was curious. I was like, who, who do I get right? And it, it's not an accident that I do okay with Michigan and Ohio State. That's it, just, I kind of feel for them. I'm one in six against the spread picking Georgia this year. <laughs> I had no feel for them. I, I just, you know, like, for, for example, pick them to cover against Kent State and nowhere close. And then, you know, the game that I'm like, oh, that might be tight. They blow the guys, the, blow the team out. So Georgia fans might not like it, but I'm taking them to cover the nine. And, and we can talk about that more later. But um, I think this game will be won on the ground. I think you look at last year, Georgia, 274 to 55. Um, that's that's the story. That's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to run with the running backs. They're going to try to hit those two tight ends, uh, Washington and Bowers. They're going to slow limit Tennessee's possessions. And I think more importantly, Bill, um, defensively, they're not going to sit and wait like Alabama did. They're coming. They're, they're going to blitz Hendon Hooker. They're going to try to force him into mistakes. And, and um, shut down. If they can shut down Tennessee's run game, they will win this game. Yeah, they, they got to get pressure on Hooker too, right? Because you know his his and, and <laughs> this goes without saying they got to cover Jalen Hyatt. Might be breaking news, but it, it's not seeming to getting through to Tennessee's opponents. No, you got to give so much credit to Hypo's scheme, where he continues to get this guy just wide open. I mean, it's it's amazing to see how they they you know 
read the safety and one play sets up the next play sets up the next play. And all of a sudden he's running free 15 yards. So give Tennessee a lot of credit. Uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game out schemed Georgia's defense. If you remember that mm-hmm. they had some players running free. Can Hype will do the same thing. That will be interesting. So fun. I'm happy for Georgia season ticket holders. I feel like they, uh, with the, with the Georgia Florida rivalry being played on a neutral field, they get the short, uh, end of the stick and when it comes to great teams visiting Sanford Stadium. Uh, Tennessee's been down recently. LSU is not one of their permanent opponents. Alabama is not one of their permanent opponents. I went back and looked, uh, mm-hmm. and this is the first top five team to go to Sanford Stadium since 2009. And uh, Georgia has played a lot of top five opponents. The, the, and I looked it up. The, the last 16 top five opponents that they have played – 14 have been at neutral sites and two have been on the road. So good for the Georgia season ticket holders to see what is now the number one team in the nation coming on Saturday. Honorable mention for this, this, this block of games, uh, this, this uh, TV viewing window, number 18, Oklahoma State at Kansas. FS1, 330 game. Oklahoma State is a two-point favorite. Mike Gundy, still a road favorite after suffering the worst loss of his career last week, 48 to nothing against Kansas State. Uh, but on the other side, are we sure Kansas is, is going to make a bowl? Is Lance Leipold going to get all these offers we thought he was going to get a month ago? Kansas is 5-3 and three with four tough games remaining. Yeah, quarterback injury hurt. I mean, Jalen, losing him. I mean, that's – we don't forgive college teams for that as much as we do NFL teams. Like if Josh Allen goes down for the bills and let's hope that not happen, doesn't happen. The bills would get like a pass and, and Kansas, we kind of forget that that happens sometimes. I'm not saying you did, but I think we do. Um, I was scanning through Netflix the other night and saw unsolved mysteries. And I'm wondering if the Kansas state, Oklahoma state blowout is one of the episodes. Cause I would, I, I still don't know what the heck happened last week, man, 48 to nothing. Um, and I really thought Oklahoma state was poised to come back from the loss to TCU and, and get back in the big 12 championship game. So the, they'll play with, you know, uh, they have to play with some urgency here with Spencer Sanders. I do think the Cowboys win the game. Um, I, I do want to see Kansas make a bowl game. I want to see them get to six because of that wonderful start they had. But, um, and you raise up an interesting point about Leopold because I was on a radio station in Iowa the other day and they were like, Nebraska has been real quiet about their coaching search. And I don't on me yet. It's haven't heard any Leopold or Matt rule or Matt Campbell type stuff. So I wonder what direction that's going with him and, and whether or not he's seriously entertaining maybe going to one of these other places. Yeah. I think Mickey Joseph's, you know, doing a good job uh, as an interim and they may look to him. We'll see uh, as, as the rest of the season goes, I think sports illustrated uh, featured Mickey Joseph this week. I did not, I haven't seen it yet, but um, I know that they were working on it and uh, that would be an interesting hire for Nebraska for sure. Uh yeah, the unsolved mystery. Mike Gundy better solve it quick because, uh, like you said, Kansas. I think uh, uh, Jalen Daniels is coming back this week. So um, he is going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, but uh, the Cowboys are a two-point favorite. Saturday evening window, number six, Alabama. I guess number 10, LSU, 7 p.m. ESPN, Alabama, a 13-point favorite. 
How dangerous is LSU? Uh, Brian Kelly really has his guys playing some ball right now. One lo- one point loss in the opener. Then I threw a blocked extra point at the end of the game against Florida State. Since then, LSU's beaten everyone except Tennessee, and they are part of a three-way tie atop the SEC West with Alabama and Ole Miss. Uh, the Tigers have scored 45 points back-to-back weeks against Florida and Ole Miss. And uh, like I said earlier this week, if LSU wins – Saturday, all they have to do is split their final two games against Arkansas and Texas A&M to win the West. Just split. So huge game on the LSU side. And obviously, Alabama knows they have to win out at this point if they want to make it to the to the college football playoff. If we made a list of the most in, the best rivalries of the last 25 years, this would probably be number one. Mm. It'd be up there. I mean, mm. all the Les Miles games, the the uh, Nick Saban being from LSU, some of the they've played a game of the century. They've played a national championship game. They played two games of the two games of the century. And uh, my, my that, pushback against that is Alabama's 10 and one in the last 11 games. And that's that's a pretty good pushback. But I'm, I'm just saying, well, the one LSU one we, was awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, we did a story on Sporting News. There's like 50 NFL guys that played in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, including some future hall of famers like joe burrow but um it okay so bill i told you how bad i am with georgia seven and one against the spread on bama this year mm-hmm. so i'm getting it done with the crimson tide the only miss was texas alabama averages 14 penalties for 110 yards on the road this season has to be absolutely maddening for nick saban and if that happens here they'll lose um Jaden daniels has been great he can at least match Bryce Young from a total yardage standpoint. Um, so I took LSU to cover the 13. I don't feel great about it for some reason. I just, I say this every time and I, I've been proven every time wrong on the road every time with the exception of Arkansas, where I'm like, this will be the one where Alabama reminds us they're Alabama. But to do that, they've got to commit, stop committing so many penalties. And, and until that happens, I do think Brian Kelly will, will have him hang around. Um, but but I like Alabama to win the game. You yeah, know, one, probably go ahead. 3120-ish, something like that. One note on Jaden Daniels, five passing touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns in his last two weeks as LSU, like I said, has scored 45 points in each game. One note is Nick Saban really has shut LSU down, except for that uh 2019 game where um LSU scored, I think, 46 points in that 46-41 game that had all the NFL players. The other 10 games in that 10-1 and stretch, LSU has not scored more than 17 in any game. So uh, Saban has been able to shut down the Tigers. Honorable they, mention. They've ahead, won the last two at Tiger Stadium by 33.5 points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, but it's Death Valley at night. Should be fun. Sorry to interrupt, but just – Pointing that out as always. And this has always been CBS's kind of when they do this double hitter. This is the one they love putting in prime time for a reason. No, it should be this, fun. No, this is actually an ESPN game this oh, week. Never mind. It, it is, is ESPN. Yep. 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 Well, so. I better switch that in my preview that I was writing earlier this morning. <laughs> Thanks for catching my typo. That's, that's real life editing. Uh, honorable mention for Saturday night number five. Five. Clemson. Are they five? five? Five Clemson five at, at Notre Dame. 
four in the playoff. Four in the playoff. Which one I, do we I got, have to use? I didn't switch. I want to use the playoff rankings. That's why I hesitated, and I didn't think Clemson was five. Clemson is four. Number four, Clemson at Notre Dame. Uh, this is going to be a uh, 7.30 NBC telecast. Clemson, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, interesting note. So two years ago, right, Clemson visited Notre Dame. Clemson was number one in the country. Notre Dame was number four. And Clemson was favored by five points. This week, Clemson's four. Notre Dame is unranked, and it's only a three-and-a-half-point spread. So I thought that was notable. Uh, Notre Dame is not been a good home team this year no secret they lost to marshall they lost to stanford they barely beat cal they beat unlv kind of yeah i mean they played okay in that game i guess uh clemson's a whole different animal uh compared to those three teams notre dame ran the ball with success against syracuse but it's going to be tougher to do that against clemson not saying they can't do it but it's going to be tougher uh, that's going to be a deciding factor. Clemson has a top 10 rushing defense. Uh, Notre Dame's defense should be able to hold its own against Clemson. Uh, the Tigers have enough firepower to win each week. They're obviously undefeated, but they're not as explosive as they've been in years past. Notre Dame's special teams has been terrific blocking punts to the point where it's, it's a legit weapon at this point. I mean, you can't say it's a fluke. They've done it. I think they have at least four block punts this year. They had a big one against Syracuse. Uh, that kind of, you know, any kind of block punt just really turns the game around. It's as good as a turnover, obviously. So keep an eye on that. Um, how do you see this game playing out? It was such a fun game two years ago. Do you think they can match those uh, the, those uh, fireworks this week? Are they wearing the green jerseys? <laughs> no? That I don't know. I, I would have to look that up if they're wearing the green jerseys or not. One thing, one interesting note with me with Notre Dame, 3-0 against the spread against ranked teams. They they covered against Ohio State they beat BYU straight up they beat Syracuse straight up all away from home <laughs> sure but I mean this is strangely so, yeah this is their biggest home game under Freeman to date um mm-hmm. people won't remember Marshall as much they're still going to remember it but if they win this game and I think they're up against it though I think Clemson's run defense is a big deal with that that front seven and if Notre Dame can't run the ball that's going to force them into some third and longs they're not going to like that uh dju has this big start for him given what happened against syracuse and he's played at notre dame before i mean he he was awesome in that game two years ago for for a guy that was pinch hitting for trevor lawrence who had COVID at the time he was fantastic in that game wasn't his fault they lost um he was amazing yeah so i think clemson takes care of business um but i'm hoping that this is one of those notre dame games been the the way that Notre Dame physically beat BYU and Syracuse and Syracuse matched. It's like transitive property, which I don't always like, but Syracuse matched up well with Clemson, at least for three quarters should be a pretty good game. Um, should be fun. It's, it's always like the night primetime games where Notre Dame takes on a big time team and really a chance for Marcus Freeman to keep them going in the right direction. Last week was a nice win for them because they yeah. ran the ball. Yeah, they uh, were able to run the ball so well against Syracuse. Drew Pine only completed one pass in the second half, only needed to complete one pass in the second half thanks to a a big interception and, like I said, uh, some special teams plays. And then, of course, a a dominant running game that never let Syracuse back in the game. So that's one to keep an eye on. We'll see if uh, Notre Dame can establish a running attack and – 
be able to kind of play from ahead and, and keep the game, you know, on their terms and, and not have true pine, you know, throwing the ball 30, 35 times a game. That is not a recipe for success for Notre Dame. Another game on Saturday night, Texas at number 13, Kansas state, suddenly powerful Kansas state, right? Seven o'clock an FS one game. Texas is a two and a half point road favorite. Uh, you know, Kansas state, we we've talked about it. 48, nothing win last week over Oklahoma state. And uh, Adrian Martinez was a game time decision for them. Chris Kleiman made the uh, right decision, I think, by not playing Martinez. He played Will Howard, and Will Howard threw four touchdown passes. You figure Martinez will be healthy and ready to play this week if he was game time last week. But uh, do you put him out there? We'll see. Um, you know, Texas Big Twelve title game hopes aren't dead, right? They're three right. and two in the league. If they go seven and two. There's a shot. They could get uh, finish in second place if they get the right tiebreakers and what, what have you. That might get you in. Texas 0-2 on the road this year, uh, losing at Texas Tech without Quinn Ewers and then, of course, uh, against Oklahoma State. How do you see this one shaking out? Should be fun. I mean, you know, Texas always mystifying another chance to win a one-score game. I like – I trust Kansas State a little more because they've been better in one-score games. So um, – and coming off that mystifying 48 nothing win, um, thing is – Texas has had some good luck with the Wildcats. So I, I think chance for Quinn Ewers to keep that going in the right direction. This one will only make waves if Texas loses badly or, or they lose like a one score game in dramatic fashion, but Kansas state still a chance to maybe get a, an avenge game against TCU. But I like the Wildcats here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for our, our viewing windows time for a little trochi trivia. Bill, I got confidence in you this week. I feel good. I feel good that you're going to get this, but uh, um, I'm going to play off the uh, the initial college football playoff rankings that came out Tuesday night. Tennessee was number one in the CFP rankings. Uh, how many SEC teams have held the number one ranking at some point from the CFP playoff committee? Don't answer until the end of the show. How many mm-hmm. SEC teams have been number one in the playoff era? Mm-hmm. Confidence contests. Let's update the folks, Bill. Confidence contest. Bill and I pick pick four games against the spread every week. We assign point value to them like it's a bowl confidence pool. Four points for our most confident, then three, two, and one. Uh, Last week, you won. Bender won the week, but Trochi maintains the slimmest of leads as we head into week 10. You won the week seven points to six and a half. Uh, we'll, we'll explain the the scoring uh, in a bit here. You hit your four-pointer in TCU on a miracle front-door cover, I might add, right? by Max Duggan, who, when leading by three and needing to cover a four-and-a-half or seven, was it a four-and-a-half-point spread? Free play. Three, seven-point spread, no hook. It was just – and they were up by up three. Up by three. And, and he threw throws a 30-yard touchdown pass when they're basically running out the clock. Uh, so that was a good one for you. You hit your four-pointer, uh, I mean, sorry, your two-pointer also, uh, Michigan State. They were 23. They were getting 23. They lost by 22. Savvy mm-hmm. pick by you right there. And then uh, a bonus point, we did the Iowa <laughs> Northwestern <laughs> over-under. You, over. you were forced to take the over because I jumped on the under and I right. was wrong. You that were right. You got, the, you got the point. You get seven for the week. I hit my four-pointer in Oklahoma over Iowa State. I got a, my one-pointer, Florida State, covered uh, a big spread against Georgia Tech. 
And then my three-pointer was Virginia plus two. And they had that legendary four overtime, 14 to 12 Miami victory. We had our season's first push. We agreed to split the points on that one, giving me one and a half points for that, six and a half for the week. Mm-hmm. So the season scoreboard reads Trochi 43 and a half, Bender 42. So we are tight, as tight as it can be. You won the week. All right. So you can pick first. Let's go Bender, then Trochi, then uh, and back and mm-hmm. forth. You're four, three, two, and one. What is your four pointer? Where are we starting? I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going to take the the spread. I, I think they're the better team. I like the Tigers. I, I've hinted at that. I mean, I got it at – we got it at three and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson to cover at Notre Dame. And I just think they get it done this time. They, they learn from the experience of 2020. They get it done. They go into South Bend. And and um, they don't feel the pressure as much of being number four. I'm going to go with the Tigers. I think Will Shipley has a big game. Yeah, I just – Notre Dame is so hard to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some weeks they look great. and uh, But uh... – so yeah, that's a stay away for me. I don't know which which Notre Dame team is gonna is gonna show up. One that isn't a stay away for me. My four pointer: Wake Forest minus four and a half at NC State. Wake's second half meltdown <laughs> against Louisville aside, it was quite a meltdown. I don't know if you saw they had right. eight turnovers in the second half. It was bad. Uh, but I feel like they're clearly the better team than NC State at this point. They're, NC State's down to its third string quarterback. The Pack have averaged 16.7 points a game since Devin Leary got hurt. And they beat Virginia Tech by one point last time out. Virginia Tech is not good. Wake Forest is miles better. I'm going to say that was that game was an aberration. Slam dunk for Sam Hartman and the boys to cover four and a half at NC State. Give me Wake Forest. Well, my three-pointer, I got – we talked about North Carolina. Um, nine and a half, Virginia. They they they're nine and a half point favorite against Virginia. At least that's what I have it at. Uh, I have it at seven and a half. Actually, can I the take? The, I'm taking the seven you and a half. Take then. the seven and a half. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to take Drake May in that offense. They get in some weird games, um, you know. But the way that they ruled against Pitt, I do think um, Drake May is awesome. I, I like that offense. They they do have some hiccups on defense. Uh, could be an interesting game for about three quarters. But I think the Tar Heels are. Somebody asked me this the other day. The, the, you get that question. Who's the team outside the top 10 that you're keeping an eye on? And they're the one because of the path to potentially being 11-1 and one and getting a shot at Clemson. So I'm going to keep riding these ACC teams. I'll take North Carolina. All right. My three-pointer, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina. There you go. Plus three against Appalachian State on Thursday night. I think I've said this to you before, Bill. I love, love, love. Home dogs on weeknights. They always seem to come through on the college scene, and that's the place I'm going to be. I'm jumping on this. Uh, they're loving their Chanticleers. They're loving QB Grayson McCall. They're, they're going to make life tough on Appalachian State. That, that, that stadium's going to be jumping. Uh, Coastal won in this rivalry at home in 2020. App State won in, at home in 2021. And we'll see if Coastal can get it back here in 2022. And shameless plug, I can promote my, promote my yes, uh, feature on Grayson McCall that uh, we, we published this morning on SportingNews.com. He's a fun guy, colorful guy, a two-star yeah. guy who was, who was choosing between Army 
and Coastal Carolina because he, he had a run-heavy offense uh, in high school, was, was not really recruited uh, by any Power 5 schools at all. Uh, you know, and the next thing you know, after his junior year, he leads the nation in passing efficiency and is invited to the Manning, Manning Academy as a, uh, a participant and then a counselor, ironically, to these four- and five-star high school players that uh, he was not, not good enough to be when he was in high school, but now he's mentoring them right. uh, as, a, as a junior in college. So good for him. And, uh, yeah, if you want to read that story, just go to sportingnews.com. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. And, you know, a good guy. Had a chance to get in the portal and didn't and stuck it out with Coastal. And you mentioned that. I, I hope if it's not a two-lane, I would be rooting for Coastal to get to a New Year's Day Six Bowl because it's a Sunbelt team. Great story. He's a great story and what he's meant to that program. So very excited to read that. Um, my two, I'm going to take – put. I'm going to put my Alabama track record to it. I, I'll take LSU to cover the 13. LSU against Alabama, plus 13. I don't love this pick because I, I just – I feel like if Alabama cleans it up, that they will clean this game up, you know, and and kind of do what Tennessee did to them. They can't – they're capable of doing that. But I do like the way Jaden Daniels is playing. I, I like Brian Kelly. I, I think I like – one of the five people on this planet that still likes that guy because I think he's a good coach, but um, you know, I, I think they, they, they end up covering this one and I, I you know, I'm going to trust the track record. I, I've read Alabama pretty well. I'm going to go ahead and do it. That you do make a good point though, against your pick in, in that, you know, Alabama and Tennessee went down to the very, literally the very last play of the game. And, right. and Tennessee walked into Tiger Stadium and, and handed it to the Tigers earlier this season. So we'll see what happens there. My two-pointer is the same as your three-pointer. North Carolina, hmm. minus seven and a half at Virginia. Uh, they've been great against the spread this year. They're five and two against the spread uh, outside of a 46-point spread the first week that you know you can throw out spreads that are 40-something points or whatever. Throw that one out. Um, Virginia did not score a touchdown in four quarters or four overtimes last week against Miami. They had 16 points the week before against Georgia Tech. Brendan Armstrong's just not the same QB he was last year. I don't know why. Drake, Drake May, top five QB nationally. UNC will easily score enough to uh, cover the seven and a half despite its shaky defense. And yeah, I mean, all of that, that makes sense. So I'm going to close with my one and I'm going to try it. I I like putting the big games in there and I'll I'll take Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia in the nine. Mm -hmm, I'm going to, I, I, I'm going. Georgia minus nine at home against Tennessee. I'm taking it. I'm going to take the the nine. I'm going to think they remind people, Hey, we're still the big dog, literally. Um, <laughs> if they do win, it'd be about by 10. So I, I think the running game will be the difference. I think they'll be emotional. Um, Tennessee, the one thing that gives me pause is Florida hit a couple big ones on Georgia last week. And I don't know what it was. It was Anthony Richardson extending plays. He's got big arm. He made some really nice downfield throws. And it made it interesting, but I've never felt like, okay, Georgia was threatened here because they just have a methodical style. They can rely on all that five. They're a five-star team with a five-star talent all over the place. And um, I think the dually factor, I, I just never underestimate things like that. That crowd's going to be jacked up. Um, one of those tribute to Vince type performances. I think they go out and get it done against the Vols. 
Yeah, I do too. It's going to be a, a, a rabid crowd, uh, excuse the pun. But mm. I think um, you do make a good point that, you know, Hendon Hooker jumps on on openings in the secondary like like nobody's business this season across the country. And, and Richardson did one time uh, against Georgia last week down the sideline. It beat the safety. Safety came over too early, too early and uh, and they had about a 60, 70 yard touchdown. So if Anthony Richardson can do it, Hendon Hooker will, will do it as well. But yeah, I think I like Georgia as well in that one. It's going to be interesting. My one pointer Oklahoma State bouncing back mm-hmm. minus two at Kansas. Okay. They only have to cover a two point spread. Uh, like my Wake Forest pick, I'm throwing out last week's game. I'm just pretending like it didn't happen. No, it's never just happened. an aberration. I just got to pretend like <laughs> it didn't happen. Um, I'm remembering the Cowboys that beat Texas, that took TCU to overtime, and they won their other Big 12 games all by double digits. And then I, I look at Kansas's resume, and they were such a fun story, and it was exciting and everything, but they have two Big 12 wins at this point. One against uh, a three-point win against Iowa State, who's in last place and doesn't have a Big 12 win. And they have a uh, an overtime win over West Virginia, who's in second to last place in the Big 12. So not as impressive as, as we kind of all had felt like when it was happening at the beginning of the season, and it was great. And they did have good wins against, you know, Houston in a non-conference game and things like that. But I think uh, the arrow's pointing in the wrong direction right now for Kansas – uh, I think Oklahoma State can can win and and cover the two points there. So, yeah. all right. To review, Bender's got Clemson covering at Notre Dame. I've got Wake Forest covering at NC State. UNC Bender's a three pick. Uh, North Carolina at Virginia seven and a half. I have uh, Coastal getting three at home on Thursday night against Appalachian State. You have LSU at home getting thirteen against Alabama. I've got, uh, like I said, Carolina, just like you do. And then you've got the Georgia Bulldogs in the game of the week. Minus nine at home against Tennessee. And I'm taking Oklahoma State minus two on the road against Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Trivia answer. Bill, I think you're going to nail it. Tennessee, the number one team in the CFP rankings. Fifth SEC team. I just gave you the answer. I was going to say, how many SEC teams? You knew that answer, though, correct? Can you name the five I SEC knew, teams? Well, you, you answered the question for me because I was debating whether it was four or five. <laughs> so if it's I gave five, it away. I can't believe you, it. You, you allowed me to cheat. I knew four for sure. And <laughs> So let's see if I can get all five. Um, okay. Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi State, because they had that with Dak, right? How did I give this away? I'm embarrassed. And then the fifth one is um, – is it old miss it is this is a this is a miss this counts as a miss uh <laughs> you ever heard of a kid named joe burrow yeah he was a quarterback oh, LSU. for the uh, lsu, LSU. tigers oh, yeah there's one go. of the greatest teams in the yeah. history of, of college football i blanked remember on him that. yeah that blanked they, on they were number one that in, was a, in a few of the rankings <laughs> that, that 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 makes sense why would i say old miss that's a that's a certain yeah you've had a long week you've had a long week bill yeah that that's I was crossing them off real quick, but I, I think I've just disregarded LSU. I was like, well, they were good in the BCS era. Oh, yeah, they had that one year where they had the greatest football team of all time, maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, i got to go back and look at old – I was going to get – so I'm giving myself credit for knowing Mississippi State, by the way. 
Yes. Because oh, that was were... that was the that was the surprise one. Yeah. That's yeah. Where I so like, going to get you. That's where that's why this is such a weird trip up. Um, <laughs> you know, my Southeast Ohio roots. Forgetting Joe Burrow for five seconds. Um, Mississippi State. I always tell people this. They were number one in the country with Dak Prescott, and it's why I like Dak Prescott in the NFL. I tell people like, when you get an NFL quarterback, Burrow's another good example. I want the guy. Not to get on too long of a tangent about this, I like the guy that elevates his program. Dak Prescott elevated his program. Aaron Rodgers elevated Cal when he was there. You know those kind of guys that when they were and there's a theory to this. Um, Drew Brees elevated Purdue, Hall of Fame quarterback. So Dak definitely did that at Mississippi State, and they were I know they were number one in in that season at least until Alabama beat them. But I should get like a half mulligan for that because you <laughs> you threw me off by giving away the answer because I was thinking four the whole time. But I, I think we call this one a wash. I would have had you at four if I didn't yeah. say they were, they were the fifth SEC team. Oh, goodness. Is it, anyway. Then I would have just skipped over LSU completely and their team full of Hall of Famers. Yes. Um, very good. So, fun one, fun show, fun week. It's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining and listening to our shows, our three shows this week. And uh, we will have three next week. So, tune in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week as we as we look back on Tuesday. We review the college football playoff rankings on Wednesday, and then we will we will preview week 11 next Thursday. So until next week, for Bill Bender, I'm Bill Trochi. Thank you for listening. See you next week. happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 